Okay, Proverbs chapter 3. Let's uh, get into the notes. And I'm going to review. I'm just going to give you some scripture. And then for the media guys, I'll get to where we're going to start a few minutes from now. But first of all, I'm going to drink this water. Then we're going to pray. Ah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the ability of your word to change our lives and our hearts. I pray, God, that you would speak to us through the wisdom of your Holy Spirit, through the life of Solomon and others that wrote under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And Lord God Almighty, I pray that you would minister to hearts and lives here. Father, there are people that have walked into this building tonight feeling things and maybe even feeling like, God, do you even know I'm here in this crowd? And of course you do, Lord. But I pray, Father, that you would make yourself so real to that person that when they leave this place, they will be rejoicing at what you have done inside of them. God, I thank you for that. Touch their hearts and lives and minister to every person here. And we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, I like to say that everybody said, amen. So be it. I agree with that. All right. Proverbs chapter three, verse one. Let me just read you some scripture. Uh, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. But let your heart keep my commands. There are several admonitions in the uh, third chapter of Proverbs. The first admonition is keep my commands. Then let me read verse 4, Proverbs 3, verse 4, and it says, and so find favor and high esteem. So when we keep the commands of God, you will find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and in the sight of man. So listen to the word, obey the word, and find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And then in Proverbs chapter uh, 3, but I'm not going to read uh, this particular verse, but the second admonition is this. Trust the Lord's guidance. Trust means to confide in. All right? Second admonition, trust the Lord's guidance. And I will read Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is one of everybody's favorite verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. How many of you, since we covered this a couple weeks ago, how many of you uh, downloaded the Waze app? Anybody here? All right, several of you downloaded Waze. Um, get rid of that old Google map, uh, that's old stuff. All right, old school. Uh, Waze is the way to go. And as I shared it with you a couple weeks ago, boy, what a vivid illustration when you lean not uh, to your own understanding, but you trust something that is uh, smarter than you are. And I hate to say it, 
but the Waze app is smarter than I am, all right, uh, in, in that regard, as far as directions, nothing else, but in that regard. And I'm, I'm going to confess something here because you would think that after what I shared a couple of weeks ago, and I know some of you weren't here, you don't remember, but uh, I listened to Waze one time and um, and I got to where I was going. It was wonderful. It told me where the cops were. Not that I needed that information, but it just very helpful, you know. Um, and told me if debris was on the road. Told me if a car was on the side. I don't know how it does it, but it uh, was created in Israel. And uh, then they bought it. Uh, Google bought it. So anyway, it, it's just a fascinating app and uh, guidance system. And then I did not follow it one time. I thought, I am smarter than this Waze app. And I got on the turnpike, and uh, it was backed up a couple miles in traffic. And I look over to the way it told me to go, and I could see the traffic whizzing by. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, this thing is really good. I'm going to follow it. I cannot believe I'm telling you this, but even after I got up here that night and told you that story, the very next Monday, it was our anniversary weekend, and we were going to go out to Lake Buena Vista. What did I do? I, I'm thinking in the afternoon, traffic is all coming into the city. It's not, what a dumb thing is that? And so I didn't listen to ways. It told me to go another way. I did not listen and I sat in traffic another extra 15, 20 minutes, and you can, conv uh, you can uh, verify this with Alice. I was not a happy camper, but it was my own fault. I should have listened. And let me read this verse again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Why? Why? Why, you, why should we trust in the Lord with all of our heart? Because he knows more than we do. He knows everything about everything. And anything in your life that is important to you, God knows it in detail, inside and out. And lean not onto your own understanding. We keep falling back into leaning to our own understanding instead of God's wisdom, which is all-inclusive. And so uh, I want to challenge you. Uh, Alice is going to help me. The next time Way says to go some way, and I say, I don't know, Alice. She's going to say, dear Lord, Carl, uh, please just realize you're not as smart as that thing and do what it tells you to do. Now, I don't want to sit in traffic, no, you know, 15, 20 minutes longer than I had to. So trust in the Lord with all your what heart. Lean not to your own understanding. For those of you that don't have it, download ways. All right, it will tell you where the cops are. All right, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think more highly of yourself than you should, the word says. Don't be wise in your own eyes. You see the there's so many themes, uh, all of them basically repeated over and over through the Bible. Here in Proverbs, Solomon, the wisdom of God. Don't be wise in your own eyes. New Testament, uh, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think more highly of yourself than you should. Just same thing, just a, expressed a different way. Then it says, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Third admonition is this, honor the Lord. With your possessions, honor the Lord with your possessions or your wealth, bringing the first fruits to 
God. All right. So, guys, thank you. You threw some scripture up there, but let's go to the notes now. Six blessings of wisdom. Six blessings of wisdom. All right. So, you can have knowledge, but you've got to have wisdom to be able to apply the knowledge you have. So, the wisdom of God gives us the blessing of length of days. Number two, gives us riches and honor. Riches and honor. Proverbs 3, 16 says, length of days is in wisdom's right hand. In her left hand, riches and honor. Look at that. All right. In her right hand is length of days. In her left hand, it's uh, both putting it out to us, available to us. It's in her hand. Wisdom is saying, here is length of days, riches and honor. Will you take it or will you leave it in my hands, God says. So take it from his hands, length of days and riches and honor. Do I think that God wants all of us to be millionaires? And the answer is, I don't know. Okay, uh, I just know God wants us to have more than enough. All right, I'm gonna say that again. I believe God wants us to have more than enough. I do not believe that God wants us to scrimp, 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 uh, uh, can't pay our bills, uh, can't get by financially, uh, can't afford to give to missions and over. No, I believe God wants to bless us and give us more than enough. And the more we give, I believe the more God can trust us to give through us. So I, whatever God wants to do, if he wants you to be a millionaire, I'm, I'm fine with that. But if God makes you a millionaire, I think you should be a big channel of blessing. Do I believe that God raises up certain people that he can trust? to be big givers and help the kingdom of God. Yes, I do. But everybody should be giving and everybody can participate. No, we don't get our eyes on riches. We get our eyes on Christ and let him do what he wants to do in our lives. But that always includes more than enough. He wants you to have sufficient for yourself and more so you can be a giver. And uh, as a result of that, I don't know why. Uh, it, it, well, I, let me back up. It takes wisdom from God to apply that and manage that finance that God gives you. And then it takes wisdom or discipline of spending. One of the biggest problems of Christians in America, one of the biggest problems with Christians in America and money is not that they don't have enough, it is that they spend too much of what they do have. One amen on that. Thank you, Ken. All right, just kidding. All right. Okay, so like I said, one of the biggest problems with Christians in America is not that they don't have enough. It's that they don't have the discipline to restrain themselves when they want to spend when they don't have, all right? And so, or they, they're spending unwisely. One of the biggest 
cost factors today. And I know mom and dad both are working and it's Wednesday night and, and, and I'm assuming uh, nobody went home and cooked a, you know, a full-fledged meal. Typically on Wednesday night, if you come to service, you're going to have to grab something. But going out to eat can be very, very expensive. And many times I think that the average home eats out so much that there's no way they're going to get ahead because they're spending beyond uh, or uh, eating beyond their means, all right? So anyway, all right, I didn't mean to go this way, but this, I'm, this is here, all right? So anyway, all right, in her left hand are riches and honor. I want you to have the riches of God, but I want you to have the wisdom of restraint and the wisdom to be able to give. Number three, uh, the blessing, six blessings of wisdom pleasantness or happiness peace number four in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 17 it says her ways wisdom's ways are a pleasantness or they're pleasant and all her paths are peace all right her ways are ways of pleasantness it's pleasant and her paths are peace I uh, I saw some pictures today of the dear people in Venezuela lined up long, long lines at grocery stores. And I just thought, oh my Lord, um, that is not God's plan for those people. Socialism is not God's plan for his people. Uh, and yet, Folks, um, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, help our country. There are supposed 60 plus percent of millennials think socialism is a good thing. All, I don't know where their brain is. All they got to do is look at Venezuela and realize here is a country rich in natural resources, but the dictators and, and the, the economic forces that they have put in place have stripped that country bare to the place where economically the problem is not resources, the problem is philosophy. And so socialism is ruining that country. And one parent that I heard of from someone in our church, uh, Alice was telling me their, their dad had lost like 40 pounds. And so I think to myself, dear God, this is not God's plan. God's plan was freedom and uh, to live life pleasantly and to have enough and to be able even to give. That is God's plan. And so uh, I'm just saying this because, well, let me read it to you, all right? Um, I think I've got it here quick. Okay. Let me read the preamble to our Constitution. We the people of the United States in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution by the United States of America. That is based on biblical principles that, that are for the welfare of the common good and the pursuit of, of happiness or to be pleasant 
or to live pleasantly in society and not have to stand in a grocery store line that stretches around the block or two or three times. So that is not God's intention, but I'm just telling you, we got a bunch of candidates right now running for office that are all socialists, all right? So anyway, God help America. All right, the tree of life, number five. See, I went political and you missed it. All right, so number five, tree of life, tree of life. Sometimes the truth hurts. Number six, happiness, happiness. All right, this is a blessing of wisdom, happiness. Proverbs chapter three, verse 18. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy, happy are all who retain her. Happy are all who retain her. Oh my goodness. Um, in Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter three, verse 19 and 20, the Bible says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. Oh my goodness. This world would look so different if every human being were to bow at the foot of the cross. If every human being, there would be no more wars. Wars are some of the most hideous, ridiculous things. And, and I know it's driven by men, uh, not women, but men who are uh, uh, just being influenced by a spirit of darkness and uh, how horrible and the carnage has been. Millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of lives throughout the history of our world as a result of Satan hating people hating God's creation, whereas God's will is to fill all of creation with his wisdom so that there is peace and happiness and tranquility and enough and sharing and generosity. Whoa, my goodness. Well, we're going to experience that not down here because of the darkness and the, the kingdom of darkness and people yielding to it, but in heaven, and the millennial reign. That's where we're gonna see God's plan fulfilled for those that are there. His plan was in the Garden of Eden, but of course it was ruined by sin, and as a result, we are where we are today. But God, but God, um, but God, and the wisdom of God is for us. I don't know what's gonna happen in our world, um, but I know this that with God, all things are possible. Uh, with God, we don't have to be fearful. Uh, someone yesterday uh, told me and Alice, they said um, there are major religious leaders in the world that are saying that in a short time, America is gonna be under uh, uh, Sharia law and um, and they are going to enslave and uh, manipulate and control. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen here. But God, 
I don't have to be fearful. When these things begin to happen, we look up. Our redemption draweth nigh. It just means that Christ is at, uh, on the verge of return. So we're not to get afraid. I, I could, when I was hearing that, I was thinking, oh my God, what about my grandkids? What kind of world are they going to grow up in? My grandkids are going to know God. They're going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And though they may not have the same life I've had, God will be with them and God will help them. And so we don't have to allow fear to consume us. No, we trust in the mighty God we serve. All right. Now, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 37 through, or 27 through 32, is admonitions to generosity. Admonitions to generosity. All right. In verse 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Don't withhold good. Uh, this has direct correlation to people hiring uh, people and not paying them or not paying them in a timely manner. And uh, you look back in the Old Testament, and there seems to be that biblical principle that they would be paid at the end of every day. I'm, you know, most of us are not paid at the end of every day, but uh, God can help us if it's ever two weeks. God can help us to stretch it out for the next two weeks. That's where wisdom comes in. Do not withhold good. It's, this could also uh, be talking about paying our debts on time, all right, and uh, in full measure. That's what God desires, uh, if we've got this many debts, if we've got $1,000 every two weeks in debts, then we don't spend uh, unnecessarily over here. God expects to pay our debts on time. Faith assembly, all right? Uh, God expects us to pay our debts on time. Amen, of course. Uh, I was appalled and aghast growing up when I heard that churches were some of the poorest credit, uh, you know, businesses or uh, organization. Uh, people didn't want to give them credit because churches were notorious for not paying. And I was, I was flabbergasted. And then I also heard that preachers were on that list. And I'm like, dear God, what's wrong with this picture? Preachers? Well, that was because those church people back then didn't pay the preacher anything, all right? So they bring him some potatoes on Sunday and expect him to pay his electric bill with potatoes. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, they didn't pay him enough, in my opinion. But um, still... To think that churches were a credit risk or preachers were a credit risk. And so I, I was so taken back with this growing up that my, when I, God called me to the ministry, I'm like, I am never, ever, by the grace of God, I'm never going to fall into that trap. And when at Faith Assembly years ago, um, this was a long time ago, I said to those taking care of the bills, I said, don't pay the bills on time. Now, that seems to contradict what I just said, all right? So, but I said, do not, if it says pay by the 10th, do not dare wait to the 9th. 
You're going to pay that bill as soon as we get it. I'm, we're going to pay it early. We're going to shock those people. We're going to be like, Lord, have mercy. They've already paid their bill. When we built this building, we paid those bills. And Pastor Ben worked really hard to ensure that when people worked, we paid. And so it was one of those things where others may, and, and people know that in the construction business, people are notorious for not paying their bills, whether it's homeowners or, or con commercial construction people building to not pay people that, that built it. But our attitude, well, we're going to pay them as quickly as possible. We're going to shock them all because I believe this is what God wants us to do. Pay our bills on time. Now, some of you I know are like, oh my God. God, forgive me. All right. Oh, well, he forgives. Just start doing it right. All right. And, um, Rice and beans for a few. No, don't eat rice. That's, that's a lot of starch. All right, so anyway, uh, cut back on the rice. All right, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 29 says, Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without a cause. If he has done you no harm, do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. Wow, be a good neighbor. Just be good neighbors. And uh, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with someone. He has done you, if he has done you no harm. It's one thing if somebody's done you harm to speak to them with, with a Christ-like attitude and bring it to the attention. You can't ignore it. But at the same time, we're not to uh, do, strive with someone with just to have us because we're a, person that can't get along with people. I was standing in line the other day at Sam's at the pharmacy and there was a gentleman up there uh, and I know the ladies that work behind the counter and, and there was a gentleman, he was an older gentleman um, and he was just, I mean, in a rage and it became quite comical um, because when you see somebody that's just, just won't be satisfied. And uh, he left. Next thing I know, he's back there. He's like, and I'm like, everybody's like, oh my Lord. Um, he just needs Jesus or hearing aids. I don't know which one, but anyway, I, maybe it was, maybe he just couldn't hear what was going on. I don't know. Maybe that was part of the problem. But anyway, God expects us to act decent to people. And I mean, maybe all of us have blown it at least once in our lives. Uh, I'm not saying I haven't, but um, the general rule is we're to be nice people. Uh, that's why we're called gentlemen, all right? Gentle men, all right? So the term, um, well, in verse 32, it talks about the perverse person is an abomination. And we don't have the scripture there, but a perverse person is an abomination. Uh, an abomination is one of the strongest uh, admonitions that uh, God has against something. It's an abomination to God. And a perverse person is an obstinate person who desires to not conform to the acceptable or a sexually perverted person. All right, and uh, let me wrap this up by giving you a couple more scripture. Human conduct 
divine results. Human conduct results in divine results. Proverbs chapter three, verse 33. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. Um, and I'm not the, the verse, and, and let me just describe it to you this way. Uh, I, I don't believe that, um, that God is, you know, verbally cursing somebody. But a curse is when you remove the blessing of God. So let's use it in that text. Uh, a curse is when you remove the blessing of God. So that's what Malachi is even talking about with regard to the tithe. It says there's a curse. Well, that is simply you by not tithing, you remove the blessing. You remove God's intended desire for your life. So uh, then it, it results in an absence, a curse, an absence of God's blessing on your life. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Proverbs chapter three, verse 34, surely he scorns the scornful. Remember in Psalm one, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. All right? Surely he scorns the scornful. Uh, scorn is derision or contempt for someone. When you're looking down at someone or just treating them as beneath you or inferior to you, surely he scorns the scornful, those that look down at other people, but gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. In Proverbs 3, verse 35, last verse I'm going to give you, the wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. Wow. God help us to walk in the wisdom of God. His desire is that we have peace, that we have happiness. And I'm not talking about the absence of any sorrow in life. That's not life. But it's happiness in the soul of our, our spirit, regardless of what life does to us or causes us to walk through or we choose to walk through. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, touch every person in this building. And I pray right now for anyone sitting here that does not know you as Lord and Savior. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would sweep across this building, Lord, out there into the atrium. There may be someone sitting there. God, there's someone sitting in that atrium. Your Holy Spirit is dealing with. Your Holy Spirit is touching right now. God, I ask you, draw them to you. Draw them to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, here in the auditorium, maybe even online, I, I ask you to touch us all. God, bring us into that application of wisdom. Lord God Almighty, in the name of Jesus, for those sitting in this building, Lord, that don't know you, God, help them to surrender to you. 
their whole heart, soul, and mind and strength. In Jesus' name, while every head is bowed, please. If you're sitting here tonight and out there in the atrium, even though I can't see, God sees you, but you're listening to the sound of my voice and the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart, I pray right now that you would just say yes to him. If you're here and you need forgiveness, you need your heart right with God, you need the lifting of that heavy load, that burden that you bear unnecessarily. So if that's you, I want to challenge you right now just to lift your hand high. Let me, let me see it. Let me pray for you. God bless you. Others, just lift it up. Just lift your hand high. Let me see it. Let me pray for you. Anybody else? God bless you, young lady. Anyone else? Anyone else? Quickly, yes. God bless you. We're waiting just another moment. The Holy Spirit is here. Of course he's here. He's here within every believer. And he's here corporately because we've gathered in the name of the Lord host. Anyone else say, yes, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need to get right with God. Stand with us, please, all over the building. Stand with us. My Lord and my God, Jesus, 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 have mercy, O oh God. Pastor John's going to lead us in a chorus, and when he starts to lead in this chorus, I want to ask those three or four that lifted your hand up, and maybe others that need to, to just step out and make your way to this altar. Um, one of the greatest things I know I ever did in my life, without question, not one of the greatest, the greatest thing I ever did in my life was to give my life to Christ at a young age. Then I've got my whole life, had my whole life to live for God. And um, haven't arrived, nor none of us have, but we're still serving Him. We're still living for Him. We still love Him. Thank God. We, uh, we haven't finished the journey, but we're still on the journey. So you need Christ, you need forgiveness, you need to get back on track, then let's come to this altar. Pastor John, lead us please in this chorus. And uh, you come. And maybe if you're a believer, you've got another need in your life, you step out and come also. And we're gonna pray with you around these altars. Yes, Jesus, my God and my Lord. Jesus, my God. Yes, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Jesus, my God. You raise your hand. Why don't you step out right now? Come. Father, in Jesus' name. The one who carried the cross carries me. We cry out, you're everything. My God. prayer something else in your life you just need somebody to pray with you come there's somebody here join with you in prayer father God in the name of Jesus we bind every spirit of 
doubt, every spirit of confusion. We bind every spirit of hindrance, of lies in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, thank you, Lord, God Almighty. Pastor Wayne's going to be here. Listen, I uh, I've stopped five minutes or so early, and um, he's going to be here to serve you communion. But, but if you haven't today, and I know we've said this for years and years and years, but it, I I feel it very strongly tonight and earlier. Uh, if you haven't spent any time today in prayer where you just focused in maybe you got up late maybe it's been a long day why don't you before you leave this building why don't you let other people out and why don't you just sit down in that comfortable seat and just focus in say Lord God help me here and God I praise you Lord I don't live in a 480 thousand or a 480 square foot home Lord thank you for all you bless me with Lord there's so many blessings but then you've got needs pray about those needs you have family pray about that family your own life pray that God would help you and I to become all that God wants us to be. So as Pastor John leads us, you let people out if they need to go, feel free to do so. But if you haven't spent time in prayer for whatever reason, don't be ashamed of it. Just, Or if you did and you want to pray more, all right, just sit down and, and pray and spend a few minutes in prayer. All right, God bless you. You're everything. Yes, God Almighty Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh,